Hello and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Lomax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. Hello and welcome back to the X-Files Revisited. We are on to episode 19 of season 3, which is Hell Money. Brian, you had a lot to say about this episode at the end of our last recording. And tell me a little bit about the legacy of Hell Money. Well, I... It is one of those episodes that, um, for, for me, doesn't really tend to come up in a lot of conversations about, you know, greatest or whatever. Um, I, I just, I, I've always believed it to be one of the poorer episodes. In fact, mm-hmm. I think I may have said last episode Possibly. that I, that, that I that, that I think it was the worst episode of mm-hmm. season three. Um, which was a mistake, uh, and we'll get into that. Uh, I, 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 let's just say like, my expectations going into this, uh, having not seen it in quite some time, were very, very low. Like I said, yeah. I, I built it. I, when I was telling you about it, I was saying this is the this is the hurdle we need to get over to get to Jose Chung. Um, I really thought this was going to be the worst. Wasn't looking forward to it. And and I gotta say, as with Tesso Dos Beachos, which which surprised us both last time, uh, given the given the fact that it was the least ranked episode on IMDb ever, which which was just baffling to me. Um, and I and I thought how that can be lower, that much lower than than Hell Money was was beyond me. Um, but I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Coming back, watching this again for the first time in a long time, I I I was wrong. I don't think this is anywhere near as bad as I thought it was. Um, and I'm also wrong about who wrote it. <laughs> so I gave this whole spiel, I think, last episode about the writer mm-hmm. of um, Tesso Dos Pictures. I thought he was also the writer of this one, and that he always had a. He tends to write episodes that are. Are geared towards like um, culture, ma- ma- and mi- yeah, ma- minority cultures and, and and whatnot. So it turns out it's not him. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, uh, John Shyban uh, is 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 the writer in question. But no, it's actually Jeffrey Vlaming who wrote this one. So my apologies to those who tuned in last episode and caught that faux pas by my good self, who claims to be the big X Files fan. But you know, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Mm. Um, like I say, it's been so long since I'd seen this one, but my memories of it were just that it was horrendous. Uh, and with that in mind, would you, Graham, like to uh, hazard a guess as to where Hell Money sits in right. the IMDb pantheon? Of Are we talking two hundred and seventeen? Aren't we? That's that's where we. Yes, out of, yeah, out of two hundred and seventeen episodes, which we know Tesso das Beachos was two hundred and seventeen. Where right. does Hell Money sit? Okay, I've taken a complete guess. I think I'm going to go for 167. 167? Yep. 
You are wrong. It is 196. ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。
Um, but we'll get it. We'll get into that a little bit later uh, as to why I think that. But um, yeah, so lots of mystery to, to start off with. We go from there to a funeral home mm. <clears throat> where there's a security guard sat in mourning. I say that because. <laughs> At first, it's very hard to tell that this guy's a security guard because the way he's sat, the way it's framed, it looks like he's just some dude at a funeral who's who's seriously mourning the loss of a loved one. And and I'm like, oh, oh, oh no, okay, he's a security guard. It's it's quite it's yep. quite confusingly shot the setup for it. But well, um, he's, uh, he's gambling on his phone. He's playing blackjack, isn't he? Oh uh, yes, yes. Yeah, a little bit yeah. foreshadowing. Of, of gambling um, to come. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he sees a light down the corridor, and he and and hears a noise coming from the crematorium, and he goes in, and then he sees the three masked men, then finds a man burning inside the furnace, which is yeah. uh, pretty gnarly. Yeah. yeah, I love the idea of the man in the furnace. I. I... I'm not as keen with the security guard's lack of uh, trying to stop it in any way, shape, or form. You know, just <laughs> there's banging and screaming mm-hmm. coming from here. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to lean in closely and look through mm-hmm. the glass pane. Um, yeah, but it's it's what what's such a horrible way to go. Um, it's it's know. it it freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much going on there that freaks me out. One, I'm claustrophobic. Two, I don't buy, I don't like being locked inside anything, especially mm-hmm. something that's an enclosed space. Yeah. Add to that the fact that there's flames that are now going to burn you alive. It's just, to, to be quite honest, opening that door and pulling the guy out at that point would actually, I, I don't know, I, I feel like there'd, there'd be less mercy in that. <laughs> My my main thing is that, um, and this is one of the things that leads into the, are these guys supernatural or are they really disguised? They just kind of disappear. Um, the, the, now, either the security guard just makes no attempt to go after them. Yeah, well, um, he but he walk through a door because you see the door kind of swinging to the side of it as they, as they went through. And I was just well, like, the, right, they've, just, they've just left, they've run away. It just yeah, but it just it seems like there's only one way in and in or out of that place. It's just I don't know the the whole thing just seems a bit like that. that it's the worst security guard ever. Let's just say that much. It's on, I would on, say it's on probably a typical security guard. <laughs> <laughs> I've met a few just, time, Brian, and just on his me. watch, right? On his watch, three dudes have managed to drag another dude in through to the crematorium, which is just down the hallway from where he sat playing blackjack, and get him in there and set him on fire without being discovered until the moment of Krispy Kreme. It's just like, dude seriously needs sacking. He should not be in a job by the end of that day, I can tell you that much. I mean, technically Um, he's in a place where bodies are burned. <laughs> not at that time of night, I don't think. Um, I think that was past opening hours. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, so Mulder and, Mulder and Scully examine the scene, and there's a detective who says there have been three cases like this already, and Mulder says, "Nope, there's been nine." Um, has a detective. Chow, I think his name is. 
um, interpret a Chinese word that the victim supposedly wrote in the furnace, uh, which translates to ghosts, and finds hell money, a symbolic offering used to appease spirits during the Chinese festival of the hungry ghosts, um, which so begins one of my biggest issues with this episode which is exposition 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 there is so much exposition going on in this episode that sometimes i lose track as to just what is going on i, I can almost forgive it because it's culturally uh, different from modern scully and they need to have it explained to them in certain mm. points i can almost forgive it because of that uh, i do like the fact that db wong is so prominent in this episode. Uh, it's nice to see a very young, uh, slimmer version of him mm-hmm. as well, which yeah. was uh, surprising. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's I, I I never really considered the 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 fact that it's all exposition because of the fact that it's it's culturally unusual for modern school. Like mm. They do need to have things explained. Yeah, it's probably just my interpretation of it. But yeah, yeah, I I, I, I hope, don't I. I, I I, th- I think DB uh, Wong is really quite. He's very he's very laid back whenever he's in something, you know. He's he's always kind of like, and and you feel as if this character is almost like disinterested a lot of the time, or just like kind of saying all the bare minimum type of thing, which fits into the character. But it's just a, a certain aloofness to the performance that I really like. Which one is DB Wong again? He's he's the detective. Is the he? Detective. Yeah, and he and he's the um, the, ma- the the second guy in Doctor Strange, and he was in Focus. Uh, okay, yes, all right. So he, so, but he's not he's not the detective that we yeah that we follow all follow. the way through the episode. Yeah. No way. Yes. Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm looking that up. Come on, you're having me on a body. What's right? Let let me check this out. You, 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 so, so you say it might not be in. Um, uh, it might not be in Doctor Strange, like I said, but he's in a whole bunch of stuff. He was in Focus and. Um, See, Focus. I thought. I thought. Are you sure you're not getting confused? Because I I thought. Yeah, okay, I am. The, the guy of which that is in reference to is the, the the Chinese cancer man, the Chinese version of cancer man. Um, oh. No, that's that's um, oh, who's that? Isn't he from? Uh, that's that's isn't James he... Hong. He he's um, he's Lu Pan from. Yeah, in it, yeah, in Big Trouble in Little China. So hang on, I've Bidi Wong. He was in he was in focus. Um, let me. I've, I've got. He was a... in Jurassic Park. Um, I'm trying to think what else he's been in. <laughs> right. So, the, so, so we're, we're talking about the young detective, yeah. Yeah. The the, the one who's who stays with him all the way through this investigation. Mhm. Right. Um. Let me see. Uh, yeah, B.D. Wong. 
Yeah. Is. Oh, hang on, hang on. I right. He. I think I recognise him from Gotham. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he plays. Yeah, he plays Doctor. That's that's where I met. So he plays Doctor Strange in Gotham, which. And you're saying he's who in? He's he's in Focus. Um, do you know Focus with Will Smith and Margot? Robbie? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's been, been been a while since I know he's in uh, the Jurassic World well, do, movies. Do you know how they do the big well. gambling scene at the start, and it's yeah, the yeah. man they're trying to pawn the money out of, and he's laughing because yeah. he's so excited. And so, that's him. And he was one of the scientists in Jurassic Park, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's Jurassic World. He's in Jurassic, the, the Jurassic World no, like, films. He's in, in Jurassic Park, like the original. Oh right, really? Okay, because because he's in Jurassic World. Because he plays yeah. he plays he plays the main scientist in Jurassic World. Yeah, well, he was in the original as well. As the same character. Yeah, I think so. Anyway. Oh man, I I seriously need to 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 rewatch them. Uh, this is getting ridiculous. Okay, we're doing a complete side track here. We are, but but, but it's just that is that's crazy. That is so crazy. Like because I was I was watching him during he's this episode. He's been in like lots. He's never been like huge, huge, but he's always been in like lots of things. Yeah. Well, I was watching this episode this time around, and I was watching that guy. Um, and all the way through it, I was thinking this guy's really good. He should he should have had a better career. I should have seen him in more stuff. Didn't it occur to me once that he was the dude who played Hugo Strange in Gotham. Like I'm a, I'm a big Gotham fan, and he play, and and he's he's a big part of Gotham. Like Hugo Strange takes on a really big kind of. So wow, okay, no, that's that's. Well, that was a that was a something of a sidetrack, but uh, there you go, people. <laughs> Just a little bit. So, <laughs> um, okay. So he plays Chow. So he's the one who interprets this this word that that the supposedly the dead the dead man scrolled on the uh, the roof of the uh, furnace um, that means ghosts. Um, I can't believe that's him. That's shocking. <laughs> How I couldn't, how I couldn't recognise that when I was watching it, isn't it? Isn't it amazing what, what age does to someone? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, so 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 he tells us like the the festival of the hungry ghosts, which is like um, the hell money is used as a symbolic offering for that. So when you hear it at first, you're kind of a bit like, what? And you're hoping that's going to get explained a little bit more further down the line. Um, <laughs> so the victim, as it turns out, was a man named Johnny Lowe, who is a dishwasher in Chinatown. Mulder asks Chow what the paint on the door means. So if you remember, there was the paint on his door before he went into the house that you said you should run from. Um, <laughs> and Chow says he doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, they they lift the freshly laid carpet and find blood after finding a dried frog used for protection and prosperity. So this 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 is what I'm talking about. It's just like I, I 
I don't have a problem with um, exposition so much in something like this for the very reason that you you talk about, which is that yeah, you know, we're in a foreign land kind of thing. It's you got two. It's like the whole black rain thing. You take a American detective, put him in the foreign land. He he needs stuff explaining to him because he doesn't know the culture. But it's just like there's so many things being thrown at us at once yeah. that it's like it's hard to keep track of all of them mm-hmm. um, and the the level of importance of all of them. It's like, oh, look, there's a dried frog. Oh, there's a carpet with blood underneath. And, and, and it's just like... So I, I find my... T- and, and again, I think this time round, because I was taking notes, all of this stuff was going in. Whereas normally, if I'd have watched this, a lot of this stuff would have just flown by because my brain just can only fit so much in. And I just thought, no, I just like it would have dribbled out of my ear and that was it. And then I'd leave as usual, feeling a bit confused as to what the hell had gone on. But um, yeah, so 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 there's a lot of important elements. But um, dried frogs, there you go. Yep. Uh, so I yeah so. So the the dried frog appar- apparently is used for protection and prosperity, but then uh, Carpet Man, as I'm going to call him for the rest of this, um, he is a prominent character, but we will call him Carpet Man. This is the guy who fitted the carpet over the bloodstained floor. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's looking after his daughter, played none other uh, by none other than Lucy Liu, um, of Charlie Angels fame and and, and other things. So, and Kill Bill, of course. Uh, so he, he, he says... small performance. She, I mean, she could literally do it lying in her back if she went... Oh, mate, she does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So she says she has to go out to work and pay for her... He has to go out to work and pay for her operation. Mm. He goes to some dodgy underground lotto where someone else wins but doesn't win. Uh, it's 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 basically this this looks like the worst lotto that one could ever possibly hope to take part in. Um, mm-hmm. So they they all put these things in a, in a tub. It gets shaken around. Their name gets drawn out of a hat. You've won, but what you've won is is the chance to win again. So so you're literally you're competing to win the opportunity. To win, <laughs> but once you've won that opportunity to win, you never win because it's rigged yep. and you just you just get a body part taken from you, which is mm. quite disgusting. Um, what? Any thoughts on? Well, as, as I was watching this scene unfold, I instantly went body harvesting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost much. instantaneously. I just, I, I knew. I don't know if it was a memory of watching this back in the day, but instantly mm-hmm. I just went, "Okay, um, body harvesting." I love all the jade, um, the kind of performance around it, um, mm. and and what I noticed was that they've got like that the, the gold one they put in. Like if you pull that, yeah. out, you're going to win the pot of money type of thing, and then yeah, yeah. obviously nobody ever gets it type of thing. Yeah. Just, it's the thing that gets me is like, is it not enough to pull the thing out and uh, and if and if you get the winner, boom, you've won. But instead, actually, no. If you, if you get that, that's only that only leads you to the next step 
Where yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's like, man alive. That is not a lotto I would ever consider taking part in. Because it's not just a lottery. It's like a double lottery. It's like, it's like having to put your numbers on the lottery, win them, and then before you get your million pounds, play again and get the, yeah. and get the number, oh, yeah. have your numbers come up again. And this one can cost you like an arm and a leg. I know. <laughs> it's just it's just the most dumbfounded thing imaginable. Um, like I love my kids. Don't get me wrong, but you like you like to exactly. your vision more. <laughs> I'm I'm saying I will go out and uh, and, and rob a liquor store um, before I uh, partake in uh, in that craziness. So. Yeah, uh, so Mulder, Scully and Chow go to a herbal shop mm. to find out what is in the bag that they found at Lowe's apartment. Um, skullcap root, apparently, and Chinese Angelica used for a painkiller. Um, so the shop assistant says she knows Johnny Lowe, didn't know he was dead, but says the characters on his door meant he was haunted. Chow explains the Festival of the Hungry Ghosts as we see the lotto winner drinking something with shaky hands before his heart and remaining eye are taken. Says that some spirits won't be paid off by hell money. So, again, this, this is literally just one sequence. I mean, it's, 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 kind of, it's two but it's edited together and it's like everything's been kind of juxtaposed um, and it all plays out as like one long sequence. But it's, it's one long sequence in which a lot of information is being given. Um, my question is, why the hell didn't um, Mulder and Scully uh, ask for a bit more of an explanation as to what the Festival of uh, Ghosts was before this point? Because... It's only now we're getting told. They've already been told about it, but they never, yeah. we're only now learning about just exactly what it is. Um, but that's that's a I think minor. Probably detail. the reason they don't ask is because it's got nothing really to do with the plot. <laughs> yeah, well, you, <laughs> you, know, it's just, you don't know time. that though, do you? If, if you're a detective, yeah, you, then you don't know. You know, like hell money has been found at the scene of the crime. Mm. Hell money is something that is used in the Festival of the Hungry Ghosts. Therefore, I would say that's a pretty big kind of... Uh, so, like, if you're going to kill somebody brutally by throwing them into an incinerator, <laughs> if I'm, why would you give them hell money to appease the ghosts that they're going to meet? Like, you don't just want them damned? Like, is it, it's weird. Well, well, it's just... I mean, who, who gave the... Who, who's, who did the hell money belong to? That's the question. Did it belong to the three masked men or did it belong to the victim? And did it just fall out of his pocket or did he throw it as he was getting pushed in? Or like, it, yeah, it's it's one of those clues that's kind of conveniently left there that didn't go up in smoke. Um, but it's a good yeah, clue um, filled with Chinese writing that leads him to Chinatown. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just. Like to me, to me personally, if I was a detective, you got hell money. What is hell money? Oh, festival of the hungry ghosts. Oh, really? Tell me about this festival, please. Um, so, yeah, okay. Um, it, beyond that, though, it, it is it is nicely handled. It is a sequence that is nicely handled. 
Um, yeah. And I, and I've oh, got to say, yeah, I've got to say as well at this point something that something that I do really like about this episode and that actually greatly improved it for me this time around mm-hmm. is BD Wong um, and his his character. I do really like his character in this. Yeah. Um, the, there's. He, he's a man torn between two worlds, which obviously is, is the, the culture he was born into and the culture within which he has to exist, which is the Western culture. And you see you see that within him all the time, kind of as he wrestles with that. He a speech on it at one point. Is yeah, yeah, which is, which, is a re- which is a really good one, and, and I do like that scene. So, um, but yeah... Uh, so, security man at a graveyard sees the three masked men messing about near a freshly dug grave due yeah. to have someone buried inside. Um, shortly after that, Mulder deduces that they were attempting to get two for the price of one. So, basically, they were burying someone underneath a plot that had just been already dug up because a body was going to be put up, be, be put in there the following morning, which is a Actually, a pretty inventive way of getting rid of a body. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, it's uh, it, it, yeah. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> um, but uh, but again, the the fact that the security guard sees these guys turns for a moment, and then when he looks back, they're gone again. That's another thing where on paper, ooh, is there a spiritual element? Are they ghosts? Are they actual ghosts? But again, you know. Why would spirits need to dig a hole? Why would they need to? It, it it's it's that element that's constantly where you're looking at it and you think you're trying you're trying to make it like are ah, these ghosts are they not? But then you're having them do things that ghosts just would they really need to do that? I don't yeah. think so. Ghosts aren't worried about being caught. And yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Really? Um, <clears throat> right, so autopsy, yeah. Scully does the autopsy. We, you know, we love a good Scully autopsy sequence. Um, this is quite a disgusting one. She says she thinks the dead man had been selling his own body parts. Then a frog bursts from the body's chest, and I let out a little bit of vomit. It's got to be said. <laughs> I thought you were going to say pee. Um, I... No, no. Vomit, vomit, definitely. I, I, I was a little I, bit sick in my mouth. Yeah. Frog in your throat. Um, this was a, <laughs> this was a great sequence, Brian. Uh, I loved it because it's just that it's yeah. the, the pulsating of the wind. Mm-hmm. What is coming out here? This. Yeah. Um, it's super disgusting. It's super disgusting, and and of course it ties back to the the, the dried frog that Scully found earlier. There's a. It was kind of bit cribbed of... as well in the is it Dexter season one. With the snakes I'd come out of there. Never seen Dexter, so. Okay. I've, I've no intention of watching it because all I heard from the fans was that the last season was absolutely terrible, and then the fans all got excited because Dexter was coming back for another season, which apparently was really good, and then the last episode was absolutely terrible. That's that's what I've heard from fans, which really doesn't make me want to watch it, so. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, 
So Carpet Man wins yeah. the lotto. Stage one. <laughs> yeah, stage one. Wins stage one. We're like, oh, you go, man. Save your daughter. Uh, but no, he loses. Scully and Mulder take the frog to Chow and imply that he's not helping them as much as he could, which is when he gives his little rant at them, saying that he may look Chinese and speak the language, but all the people of Chinatown see is a cop. Then he gives them the address of the carpet fitters that he found while he was twiddling his thumbs, as he puts it. Um, what a delivery, because it's just like... It's a big F you, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a nice scene, and it 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 really endears me to this guy, to this character. And despite yeah. the fact that as the episode goes on, we learn he's not entirely kosher. Um, you can also see that the the choices he makes aren't necessarily because he's a bad man. It is that it is that being torn between two different cultures trying to uphold the law of the West whilst respecting the traditions of of his people, um, which, which which obviously would be hard for any any person. But so, With a little bit of hindsight, looking at this scene, I, I do wonder, was he helping Mulder and Scully or was he helping secure his position of being caught with them by giving them the information? Was he going to give them the information or was mm. he not? Yeah, I don't, it's hindsight after the episode. Yeah. Um. Ba, 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 ba. So they get to Carpet Man's apartment. He has yeah. lost an eye during an accident. Yeah. Says he doesn't know Johnny Lowe, despite fitting his carpet, and his boss has told Scully that he must have done the job on the side, as there is no work order, which begs the question how the hell can they prove this man fitted the carpet yep right I, was, I sat there watching this scene and I'm like how did they find this man mm -hmm. there's no work order which means this guy if, if he did do the job he did it off the books this was a, a pro bono there's no work order, there's no proof, there's no evidence trail. How do they how did Chow get this guy's address? How did he find out that he was the one who fitted the carpet? Unless he which, was complicit in some way. Exactly. Unless he was complicit, which which is your it's your dead giveaway right there. Like I mean but Scully says herself there was no work order. In other words, there was no proof, to which point she should be going, ding, uh, ciao. Just exactly how did you find this guy again? Like, it makes no sense at all that they should be at this guy's door. Um, just, yeah. Yeah. Silly. <laughs> so Mulder finds a token. Hang on, have I gone on too far? No, 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 yeah, no, there we go. Yeah, so Mulder finds a token. And he drags Scully out. Chow talks to Carpet Man and tells Mulder and Scully that he was just warning him about the fire trap hazard blocking his escape door. Um, which is about as believable as yeah. him finding the, uh, the Carpet Man in the first place without a work order. 
So, yeah, Mulder pulls the token, suggests that Carpet Man is selling his organs and that they watch him. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's getting there. We're getting near the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's at this point, it's it, when he comes out and he says, oh, yeah, I was just warning him about a fire trap. That's the point where I'm like, no, you're in on it. Like, like up until this point, I was kind of like, he could be in it, he might not be in it, but then he gives that speech, and I'm like, no, actually, I feel for this guy now, I don't think he is in on it, he's just caught, you know, and then as soon as, like, literally, the next scene, he clearly lies about the whole fire trap thing, that's complete yeah. nonsense, and then right there, you're just like, no, you're in on it, you're definitely in on it, um, so, yeah, okay. Uh, so Lucy Lou asks Carpet Man, who is her dad, remember, uh, what's yeah. happening. And he blames himself for what is happening to her, uh, which is, it's, it's, it's a moderately touching scene. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you're a father, you can kind of relate. But because these two characters aren't really mainstays, they're not anyone that we really know in the show, and we know that they won't be coming back after this episode, it's kind of like... Yeah, move along. I just assumed that if anything happened to the father, she'd probably be adopted by some guy named Charlie and trained to become an angel. <laughs> I, I, yep. just, I, re I wasn't interested. The whole, like, there's nothing to the family. They just have these things, yeah. you know, like sick daughter, yeah. purpose to get her yeah. sort of, you know, fixed. And it, yeah. it doesn't pet home. Yeah, it's 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 there as a storytelling device more than, yeah. oh, this really pulls my heartstrings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> Chow gets home and finds blood on his door and the three masked men inside. Do you think he's a goner at that point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did I. Did you did you feel a little bit bad at that point for him that he was going to die? Yeah, yeah, it's going to mess the character. Yeah, I, that was, that's an achievement. I feel yeah. you know if if you. The thing is, when you have a, a TV series that runs, you know, on and on, and you have your regulars, you know, if Skinner's in danger or something like that, you feel for them because you love those characters. When it's a, when it's a character of the week in an episode, you know, isn't. I mean, we've just talked about it: the the, the father and the daughter. Don't really care about them. Yeah. Um, so the fact that I didn't want to see this guy die, I, I think that's an achievement. I think that's something that actually the episode. The episode has done something well there, you know, to 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 see that see how far down the list IMDb this episode is. There are actually some things that it does pretty well, and making me care about this guy is one of them. Um, I mean, technically, he's playing the, the douchebag sheriff role that we've seen mm. most often. Only he is actually a douchebag because he's, you know, with the bad guys, but you actually care about him. Yeah. Because because he's got depth. That's the thing. the di The difference is he's got depth. Whenever we have a douchebag sheriff in one of these one of these episodes, it's always oh, I want you out because of your you're going to destroy tourism, and it's like and that's it. And there's no more to it. And and they're, they're just a douchebag for the sake of being a douchebag. Um, whereas this guy, there's a cultural thing going on here. He's got some depth to his character, uh, so it makes you care. Um, Right, so, sc 
Scully pulls Mulder from the stakeout to go to the hospital to see Chow, just as BD... See, so this is where I got confused, because I, I thought BD Wong was... Yes, was was big James trouble Tong. in little... Ch yeah. Yes, James Tong, is it, his name? Hong. Right, Hong. Right, either way, Wolfman, I'm going to call... Wolfman, if you want. Lopan. I was going to call him Chinese Cancer Man, because, I'm sorry, this dude is Chinese Cancer Man. The way he acts in this, especially towards the last few scenes, the, the way he even smokes his cigarettes... He he is he is William he's the Chinese equivalent of William B Davis in the Cancer Man role. He that he's just got all of those vibes. He does it really well. He's got a, a snidey face that you just want to punch. Um, so yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so Scully pulls Mulder from the stakeout just as a Chinese Cancer Man shows up at Carpet Man's place. He, sa he says that Carpet Man owes him money and that the only way to repay it is to keep playing. But Chinese Cancer Man says... Oh, sorry, but Carpet Man says he quits and Wong, who isn't Wong... <laughs> my notes, my own notes are confusing me because I thought he was BD Wong. Um, so, yeah, Lopan says that he can't and it's against the rules and that the spirits will come for him. Um, so, yeah, it's all a con. There's no, there's, there's no X-File here, though, is there, really? No. That's, that, this, is, this is the thing. It's like the, the, the pathetic attempts to make these three masked men you know, are they ghosts? Are they not? We we both are. Well, no, they're not clearly. I, I think it goes so, to show that I didn't even consider that an mm, aspect right from the opening shot. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't think and, these were ghosts. But without that, without that prospect, if mm. if that's not a card that is on the table that these guys aren't ghosts, then there's no X file. There's no supernatural element. There's no reason Mulder and Scully should be investigating this case. Um, which is which unless, is unless, unless um unless Mulder's just profiling uh, the fact that, uh, that they're Chinese and he's like it's going to be some kind of mysticism. We're <laughs> 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 uncovering another layer that Mulder has, you know. That is, yeah, yeah, in his racism, yeah. There's never, look, I never, I just never consider. Look, I know you said that it's leaning towards supernatural, mm. but as watching it. I never get any of that at all. No, neither do I. Like I'm, I'm not saying it's there. I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying that the problem with it is yeah. that I think that's what they were hoping for. Because when, because when I sit down and I watch it and I'm, re I, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I get to the end of it, I have to ask, what was it Mulder and Scully were investigating there? What was the supernatural element? And the only thing that could possibly come up is. Were those three guy ghosts three guys ghosts or weren't they? And we've both established that we think no, they weren't. In which case, there's no supernatural element. In which case, this isn't an X file. In which case, this shouldn't have really been an episode of the X Files. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, maybe that rates. Maybe that's the reason it rates so lowly. I don't, I don't know. But um, so. Mulder asks to see Chow's chart after he vanishes from the hospital. He has the same blood type as that which was found on the carpet. 
was he the man that Lowe stabbed? Uh, so they go and speak with Lucy Liu. Scully finds a medical workup for her father where they measured up his organs. Mulder says they're playing some kind of game. Two steps behind the audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's literally, yeah. That was my thoughts. On that scene, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you're two steps behind the audience. Which, which, see, this is the issue for me. I say the, I've said that a few times, which shows there's a lot of issues actually in this episode. Um, despite that, I enjoyed this much more than I previously did. One of the biggest issues for me is that there's no mystery. No, not like we we shouldn't have seen the game. So when when uh, Carpet Man went to that big hall and he put his token in and they shook it and he pulled it out and then somebody won but they didn't they lost we shouldn't have seen any of that yeah. we shouldn't know what's going on we shouldn't know what those tokens are when Mulder pulled that token out we shouldn't have seen the event because we already knew what it was and it's like when Mulder here is is giving out his spiel about what he thinks going is going on that's the point at which we the audience should be learning it as well so that Mulder is a step ahead of us. Mulder is the one who's driving the investigation. Mulder and Scully are driving the investigation. But they're not. We're seeing events unfold and we're waiting for them to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, with you 100%. Yeah. So much so that I'm, I'm dropping at a half star. <laughs> <laughs> You do that sometimes when when you start the moment you start discussing it, it's like certain things. Like I, I wrote that down as a little note. You know, I just I just put two steps behind the audience. But then when I say it out loud, when I talk about that, when I think actually there's a few scenes in there that are absolutely perfunctory and that do harm to the episode because they take away the mystery, I'm like, Yeah, I think I've got to drop half a star as well, to be honest. because um, it's just silly. It's really silly. Um, like a show like this hinges on the mystery. It's it's about two agents conducting an investigation, and if you, the audience, already know what's happening before our two agents know what's happening, then there's something wrong. Yeah. So yeah, okay. They go to an organ transplant procurement centre and discover that a doctor keeps saying donors have left town after organs have been found for them. Yeah. Um, so they <laughs> not, not in the least bit suspect. Um, so they go to this doctor's place um, that doesn't look like a doctor's place, quite frankly. It looks like a Chinese restaurant, if I'm being perfectly honest. And even when they go in... It looks like a Chinese restaurant because they walk through a massive kitchen. And I'm like, how is this a doctor's place? It looks like a Chinese restaurant. Um, <laughs> so they go to the doctor's place and see Chow entering. And then they follow him in. Inside, Carpet Man wins once again. What's the chances? Wins the lotto once more before losing again while Chow watches on. Mulder and Scully enter the, the, the building, find body parts in the freezer, while Chow tries to convince the game runners to let Carpet Man go. 
He pushes the table over, revealing that the game is fixed and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it now you're done is that i'm out come on just, just yeah, get yeah. to the end reel off the scenes and let's get out okay um i i i i like to look for the positives um and again like i say i do th- i do i do think this episode is chow's story you know this, this is something i've said before about standalone episodes um which is that i've Either you have to have Mulder and Scully invested and uncovering the mystery, not being two steps behind, this, that, and the other, and that can really that can really make a a standalone episode. And then there's the other kind where, um, like, if you go way back to you know the episode Conduit from the first season, one that neither one of us really liked because we hated all the ties to Mulder's sister stuff that were hammered on the head. But that episode, one of the things it did have going for it is that it, it wasn't really Mulder and Scully's story. It was the it was the mother's story. Um, and and if if you can if you can if you can have a guest spot in the week, or again Aubrey, the the episode Aubrey from season two, which did it much much better, which was when you know they, you had this woman who was kind of she had she had a serial killer embodying her through flashbacks. That was her story. And they made us invested in her character. She was the character of the week. We know she wasn't coming back in another episode, but you felt invested because of the work they put into her character. And again, recently with Oubliette, uh, an episode from this season, they did the same thing. That was that. That was that character. So you can do it. You can take an episode each week, standalone episode, and you can focus on a character that we're never going to meet again. And, and it can be their story. And in this case, I feel like this is Chow's story. Um, it's just unfortunately unfortunate that everything around him is so badly handled. Now, I really like B.D. Wong in this. I like the character he plays. I like that he has something of a redemptive arc to his story, that you know he's the one who, in the end, turns over the tables... Tells everyone it's a scam. That's a moment of redemption for him there. I like that. That's all good stuff. I have no problem with that. It's everything else around it that really drags this episode down. Um, so the commotion that he causes uh, and, uh, alerts Mulder and Scully. Um, and the Doctor is beginning work on Carpet Man, but Chow bursts in and pops a cap in his ass. Uh, well, their shoulder anyway. Well, just just uh, cancer man's shoulder anyway. Chinese uh, Chinese cancer man. Um, Mulder and Scully burst in and arrest Chow, um, and then Chinese cancer man tells him he should have killed him, with Chow, um, which Chow interprets as the game's not over. Uh, so he just he tells Mulder and Scully, yeah, the, the game's not yeah. over. Um, so yeah. Like I say, all I can say about that is that I, I like the arc they give Chow. I like that he's the one who busts the operation, even though he was a part of it, essentially. Um, he brings it to a close. Or does he? That's that's, mm. that's the question. Um, so there's an arc there for him, um, for a likeable character. That's mm. the strength of the episode. 
Scully interviews Wong. Now, I do like this scene, I've got to yeah, say. Yeah, this is good. Um, th this is a really entertaining scene. And like I say, all I can see here is, is Cancer Man. It's just the the way they play him is is just cancer man. Maybe maybe they couldn't get him that week, so they, they traded him out for for Lopan. <laughs> Scully interviews um, this this yeah Lopan. He tries to justify his actions by claiming he gave men hope. Um, it's 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 an interesting scene. It's it, it's. A, they say, you know, I've heard a lot of actors say that when, you know, when they're playing a villain, the thing they need to try and do is is they need to believe, like, that the most, the best villains, the most effective villains are the ones who actually believe that what they're doing is right in some way. I, they, I just, I got from him that he was very, just dispassionate. He just mm, didn't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah. Was, like, human life means pretty much nothing to them it's, it's absolutely it harsh yeah. out of yeah. him yeah. forward to the moon it's basically just you know nothing to him doesn't care yeah. but, the, but the just the justification he makes though is something you could almost believe that he started telling himself long ago when he got into the business mm. um, and and when he first told himself it he told it to himself to to help him do the heinous things he was doing. And then he's told himself that for so long that now it's just patter. It's just something that comes out. He doesn't even believe it. He doesn't care. He's just, like you say, he's got no care for human life. But that patter, it comes from somewhere. And I just, I just think in this moment, I see a fully formed character. And whether that's, whether that's the actor... You know whether that's the way he's playing it, um, which I can believe because he's you know he's a good actor. Yeah. Um, there's just there's a lot going on. This that's how you tell a good actor, I think. You know, you, you could you can put there's many people you could put in the scene playing that role, and I don't think they'd quite get the nuance there. And I just I sense a history with this guy, a history of his criminal activity. People get into this kind of game quite young. They're not always evil. They fall into it through other means. They need money, whatever. Maybe that was something he told himself way, way back when to help him. But now it's just become patter, and he's like, he's just lost his soul, basically. Yeah. Um, but I just, I love the way he plays it. It's a great scene, and it does make you want to punch the living crap out of the guy. Um, yep. So M Mulder pulls Scully out, saying that they can't build a case against the guy because everyone at the club has built a wall of silence. Uh, meanwhile, uh, a Chow, whose testimony would fix that, has gone missing. And then our final shot is of Chow being cremated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm ready to go into my wrap-up, actually, Brian. Mm. Okay. Um, watching this episode, it was fine. Uh, yeah. I was expecting something really, really bad. Um, I never got that. It was just mm. kind of perfunctory in going along. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of things we've spoke about that's really kind of struck a chord. The fact that it's not really um, a mysterious or supernatural case. Why the hell are Mulder and Scully there? They've not been sent mm -hmm. there. There's nothing about Skinner sending them to work on it, so mm -hmm. we don't have that. And we have a case that 
doesn't get solved at the end of this episode. Nothing's happened because they're just going to go back to continually doing it. The one character throughout the episode that we actually liked ends up um, getting roasted at the end of it, literally, Mm. which, you know, they could have gave him some other kind of out as in running away and maybe tracking down another game as if he's going to try and stop it or something. But Mm. you don't. They just burn him. I, I... I, I kind of am having an adverse reaction to this episode, really. The more I talk just, about through it. Ta- just through talking about just it. Just through talking about it, mm. uh-huh. Mm. Now, I'd originally gave it three stars. Um, just, I was going to say, just just before you give your score, I will say, I I understand where you're coming from on that, on that last bit, but I, I do have a slightly different opinion on that, mm. because... Um, like I, I, I once wrote a, a film in which it ends how it began with nothing changing, and sometimes I feel like that's the point. Um, and so I, I don't really have a problem with the ending to this. I, actually, I actually think the ending's quite strong, because I think what it is say, what the whole point is that sometimes justice doesn't get done because something is solved. Mulder and Scully have solved it in the sense they now know the truth. The question is. Or that the, the point is, sometimes the truth isn't enough. Sometimes these misdeeds will will they'll just carry on. It doesn't matter because you know this. You think about human trafficking, things like that. People know it happens. It just, but it's going to go on, and it's just like, and, and sometimes justice just isn't done. And I feel in in some respects, it is a more truthful ending. It's bitter. It's a bitter pill to swallow. But that that happens day in day out in 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 an unjust world. So from it's from my almost, perspective, I yeah, it's, it's almost it's the death of Chow. Yeah, I just, almost. I just feel, I feel leaves a bad taste in the mouth. Yeah, right. very much. Hmm. You know, I can take the guy like being all snide and horrible and dispassionate about everything. I can understand mm-hmm. that, but just jumping to the death of of Chow, I feel it's unnecessary. Because you like the character so much. Uh, because I like the character and because... Yeah, yeah, probably because I like the character. Because I hoped f- for a redemption of that character, which he did get somewhat. Mm. But then, you know, I'd like to have seen some other outcome for him. Um, like I said, I was going to give it three and a half. I've knocked it down to two and a half out of five. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a tricky one for me, I've got to say. Um because I've got it as a three out of five as right. well. Um, and it's, it's, I, I think because, like when we, when we, when we did Tessa Dospichos, and I, I, I was adamant that this was going to be the worst episode of the season. And I just, I just feel like there are a lot of strength to it, but... Yeah, I, I, I do think I need to. <laughs> I think I need to drop it down to a two a two point five as well. To be honest, it's it's lit. It's right in the middle, in it. It's not. It's neither good nor bad. It's just there, mm. and it's like, and it's and it's it's more frustrating because they do such a good job with this Chow character and even yeah. the villain. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I I don't mind the ending. As I've just said, I actually think the ending's pretty solid. I think it's haunting. I think seeing Chow in those flames at the end is really like, oh, 
You know, if I saw that in a horror movie, that would be a great way to end a horror movie, as they often do, because it's just like it's it's like a kick in the nuts. Um, and 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 the, and the simple fact of the matter is, is that you know, in, in in life, in the world, in an unjust world, evil often goes unpunished, and I feel like that's the point that's being made. So I I don't have a problem with the ending. My main problems are there are other characters I don't care about. There are scenes that give all the mystery away, so we know everything before Mulder and Scully even get there. It almost feels like Mulder and Scully don't need to be here, to be honest. It's Chow's story. Chow could have done all of this without Mulder and Scully being there. Um, And because of the lack of an actual supernatural element, it doesn't really feel like an X-Files. So, yeah, it's difficult. There's there's a good episode in there somewhere. Mm. Um, so yeah, two point five out of five. It's a shame. It's a shame. Um, I, I I messaged you uh, like a week ago, I think, yeah. and I said actually I think this is this is actually better than Tesso Dospitios, which has surprised me big time. Um, I think it does better character work than Tesso Dospitios. I've got to say. Right. I think it does. Um, the, I, I really think that there's more characters in this that are less expendable than what we got in Tesso Dospichos. It's just that I had more fun watching Tesso Dospichos. I didn't feel as depressed coming out of that one as I do with this one because you've given us a good character and then killed him. And it's like, man, that was a... Okay. <laughs> Bring on Jose Chung. So, yeah, 2.5 out of 5 for me. Um, what more can you say? Uh, nothing. We're done with that nothing. one. Let's just move We're on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the next one, Jose Chung's From Outer Space, which mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. I know we've been... I, I can't remember a thing about, but I know I've been looking forward to getting there. Um, so, on you go, Brian. Give us a little taster. <laughs> Well, the the only two words you really need to know for that episode is Darren Morgan, uh, which kind of tells you everything you need to know. I will say that of all of Darren Morgan's episodes, I think it is by far the craziest. I love it. Yes, I, I, it's 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 totally off its tits. Is is what I would yes. say about it. Yes. So, um, yeah, amazing. Um, I can't wait. Okay. That, that sounds. That sounds like a five out of five already from <laughs> favourite episode of the season. I honestly so excited about that episode. Okay. Uh, hopefully, if people along uh, listening or watching are, are going to watch it and, and comment with us um, as we talk about Jose Chung's From Outer Space. I'm really excited. So we'll see you next week on the X Files Revisited. You've been listening to The X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one.